Well, welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And joining me from Santa Cruz, California is Dr. Bruce Lipton. And Bruce and I were just talking prior to this. And, and the last time we was on Inside Personal Growth for all of my faithful listeners was January 7th, 2010. So it's been 13 years ago. Good day to you, Bruce. Hey, Greg, I, I tell you what, I miss that because uh, we have such a great conversation and the audience is so spectacular because this is an audience of uh, seekers, people who want to get some power back in their lives. And you and I have some good stuff to talk about, about how they could uh, finally recognize is that uh, you don't die and go to heaven. You were born here. So let's enjoy it. Yep. And I have the kind of people that will relate to what you have to say. We'll talk about quantum physics. We'll talk about epidemiology or epigenetics. Uh, we can get into a lot of things today. But yeah. the, the focus is this book called The Honeymoon Effect. And let me let the listeners know, because they probably know you more for the biology belief than they do The Honeymoon Effect. Uh, he was on the show about spontaneous evolution, which was a book that he wrote back when we did the podcast 13 years ago. But many of you don't, he doesn't need much of an introduction. He's uh, Bruce Lipton is a PhD, internationally recognized leader in bringing science and spirit. He's a stem cell biologist, a best-selling author, as I said, of the biology of belief. If you haven't read that one, I'd say for all my listeners, go get it. Uh, he's been on hundreds of TVs and radio shows, including this one, keynote speaker for national and international conferences. Um, and we were just talking a bit. Uh, he's done all kinds of research. If you want to know more about Bruce, just go to brucelipton.com. brucelipton.com. There you will find out about his community, his events, his store, his books, his resources, everything that you'd want to learn about him. Uh, so that being said, I it wasn't that I didn't know about the honeymoon effect, but I never had a copy of it. Um, it's, it's tell the listeners really, what's the science of creating heaven on earth? As you say, can you speak with the listeners about how we do it for ourselves, each other's, the planet and define really what this honeymoon effect is? Because in the book, I was reading the part that Annie sent, uh, which is more of the excerpt of the book. You know, you had a crazy, went through a divorce, had problems with the relationships, all kinds of things happened in your life, family issues, you never saw your mother and father very intimate at all. Um, and all of these things help to create our makeup, but you can tell our listeners how to break that, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, you know, it's so hard to, where, where does this all start? Because I could go back and we could have 12 hours and that could take us up to where we are. Mm -hmm. But I can maybe compress those 12 hours in a very short moment and basically come down to this is a conventional belief that is totally wrong. And that conventional belief is that genes control the character of our lives. So people have bought into the fact that whatever's running in their family, they're, you know, susceptible of getting uh, through the process of genes. It turns out uh, genes cause less than 1% of disease on this planet. It's not the genes, it's the stress. Stress is causing the issue. And I go, okay, so how does this, you know, what's new here uh, in this understanding? I say, well, first of all, the belief about genes controlling life is 100% false. There's a new science called epigenetics. Now, genetics is the one that almost everybody's learned. Genes, uh, you know, uh, we, we've got these genes at the moment of conception. If we don't like the characters, you can't change the genes. And then people are told that genes turn on and off by themselves, which then says you have no control. And I say, so what is the, the net thinking that came from that educational experience? And the answer is, we're victims of our heredity. I didn't pick these genes yet. They carry diseases. It's running in my family. I'm going to get them. I got the gene. And everybody gets into the victim mode here. My research revealed a completely different insight. It revealed that genes don't control anything. Genes are blueprints to make what are called the proteins, which are the building blocks of a human body protein. Uh, and genes are blueprints that are, to make these. They're very complex molecules, so you need a blueprint. 
And I go, so let's first understand this. A gene is a blueprint. I go, so why is it relevant? I go, well, go to an architect's office and she's working on a blueprint and ask her, hey, is your blueprint on or off? And of course, you look at you and go, what are you crazy? It's a blueprint. There's no on and off. I go, yes, that's the point of it. Uh, a blueprint is just information. But how you use that information isn't determined by the blueprint. It's determined by the architect. And I go, so in our bodies, genes are blueprints. And I say, who's the architect? And it turns out the brain and consciousness are what are activating the genes and controlling their expression. Yeah. I go, why is this new science uh, different? Well, it's called epigenetics and epi means above. So I say, what's called what we call skin? Epidermis. I go, right. What does that Epidermis. translate? Yeah. And it means just below the skin is a layer called dermis. Just above is epidermis. Epi means above. So the new science is called epigenetics. And I say, this character is under epigenetic control. I say, what does that mean? It's under control epi above the genes. And all of a sudden I said, well, the genes didn't control. I go, no, no. It was the consciousness uh, and the environment. And I go, so what's different? I said, well, the belief you've been programmed with and everybody's been programmed with is I'm a victim over these genes. And now there's a new insight. It says, no, no, genes don't control themselves. They're controlled by the environment and our perception. And I go, why is that relevant? And the answer, Greg, is so simple, is that we're the ones that create the environment. <laughs> we create the perceptions. And as a result of that, it's then we are the ones that control our genes. And all of a sudden, rather than being victims of our genetics, it turns out, in truth, we are masters of our genetic activity. We change our genes based on our belief systems. Okay. Well, that comes down to, I, I remember doing a really lively uh, dialogue uh, with Dr. Kenneth Pelletier. You probably know him, I'm sure, as well. He lives up near you. And he said, change your brain, change your genes, right? Whatever, I, I, I forget the name of the podcast, but the change your genes, change your life is what it was. And, you know, this comes down to, if you would, kind of discuss how our behavior is driven by the subconscious mind. Uh, you talked earlier a minute ago about stress because it's the stressors in our life that really do this. Now, I can tell you, even just sitting here today at 69, my dad died at 53 uh, from a heart attack. Two of my brothers had it. I'm not saying that I am or not susceptible, but I've changed my mind. I'm here I am, right? So, and many of them died way before me. So I think that's a good example for listeners to say, hey, if you think your family genes are really your destiny, then Bruce is basically here to tell you no. So let's can you explain the dynamics between the conscious and the subconscious and how it influences yeah. us us and our relationships, which cause the stress? Yeah. <laughs> well, the first of all, the, the story is the mind is controlling all aspects of our life. And this is not Bruce saying this and out of school. No, this is quantum physics. The first principle of quantum physics, 1927, uh, Max Planck, one of the founding fathers of uh, quantum physics, his profoundly important statement is the mind is the creator of all of our experiences. And now that was 1927. You think, okay, that was day one quantum physics. And I go, you know, in a more recent article in the journal Nature, one of the most prestigious scientific journals on this planet, an article by a quantum physicist in Johns Hopkins, Richard Con Henry, the article entitled The Mental Universe. I, I don't need you to read the whole article because I love it because the last sentence summed up the whole article and it said, the universe is immaterial. Well, let's just under this is a quick insight from quantum physics everything is energy mm -hmm. <laughs> and energy is invisible which then all of a sudden throws a monkey wrench into our world of energy is invisible and everything's energy how can i see anything and uh well i'll give you a simple answer is the lights are on <laughs> and i go what does that mean i said because energy is invisible and you're an invisible energy body and i say yeah but i can see you greg i can see me and i go how can i do that and i say because when photons of light come from a source, the photons of light are, uh, you know, reflected back when they hit the energy body. So you're not seeing me, 
you're seeing a veneer of photons that are you know hitting the surface and bouncing back everything is invisible it's immaterial that's the nature of quantum physics that an atom isn't made out of matter it's made out of energy and everything made out of atoms therefore is also made out of energy as we all are uh and it becomes can you, really, can you yes. speak to our vibratory rate because the vibration you know when you're talking about this most people say i can hit on the table bruce and it's solid but we know that it's not right yeah and that, in essence is kind of what you're speaking about here yeah. is that well, you're let me explain reflection the, the solid part becomes important because it's like okay the visual part i say everything's invisible energy but you can see things only because the sun is out the lights are on or whatever it is and the photons are hitting the surface and bouncing back you brought up the fact that you get on the table and you don't fall through the table and i go why every atom has a miniature energy cyclone like a tornado a nano tornado there's a force and that force is very powerful so atoms have a force to it and i go so imagine a tornado i go why is that important i say well let's say uh, the tornado's coming i say take your car and drive into that tornado and see if you can drive through it i go no the moment you hit the edge of that tornado the force of the tornado the force is a force will lift up your car and throw it away i go well, wait <laughs> that's physical i go that's when energy has a physical character to it the table is made out of atoms each atom is a nano tornado the atoms making up the table have very powerful forces the point is you put your energy on top of the table but the table has more energy in those atoms than you have in your body and therefore it feels hard because you can't go through it just like you can't drive through a tornado you can't do it. it's physical okay so the two the two things that make the appearance of matter is light which then reflects off the energy so we can see what energy this you know the experience or what energy looks like right by reflection and force which is it it has a force if you try to push your hand through the wall the atoms making up the wall have more force in them than you have in your hand so when you push on the wall the atoms of the wall push back and that's why it feels hard okay mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so basically it's all an illusion so let's go back to that quote in the journal science and I, I mean nature and i want to emphasize very clearly greg this nature is one of the most prestigious scientific journals on this planet and this article blew my mind because the conclusion was published in the scientific journal so here was the last sentence in the article on physics the universe is immaterial i mean it's not matter it's energy the universe is immaterial it's mental and spiritual live and enjoy it's like oh my god physics science physics science in the most prestigious journal recognizes the nature of mind and spirit as what's creating our life experiences so basically it says uh you want to change the world you need to change your mind yeah <laughs> and then the world changes with it i go this is 100 true well look easier said than done right and somebody well, like yourself well, who's worked with thousands of people over the years you've spoken with them you've yeah. coached them you've counseled them what would you think is the biggest block to having someone make shift a perception about what the world is yeah. because their reality as you know it, we live in a always on fast-paced world uh people are using all kinds of things to stay connected stress world seem, stress world yeah and they seem to have lost touch you know i just got back from a, a seven day meditation retreat on the orcas islands with joel and michelle leaving and you know you come back into the world you say well is this the world or was that the world uh, and you start to question things and and so where i'm going with this is for all of my listeners who are seekers, that's what we said, and they're seeking to attempt to shift a pattern, a belief, uh, something in their life, what cool advice would you give them about that? And we're, we're still on the honeymoon effect, by the way, folks, because yeah. this all is really around how you create deep love in your life, connection, uh, and all of those other factors. So okay i think the biggest issue is people don't understand that that yes the mind is controlling our life experiences and this is the fundamental principle of quantum physics but the question that people get lost on is what the heck is the mind because we have this like oh it's a thing the mind one thing i can't no the mind is two things 
and they uh, are interdependent. They work together. I said, well, what two things? I said, well, you've heard the name conscious mind and subconscious mind. I go, they're two different entities. They have different functions. They work in different ways. And if you don't understand the difference, then you're lost in a, a definition of mind that doesn't really define what's happening. So let's start with the latest evolution of the brain called the conscious mind, which is a, a lobe of brain tissue right behind your forehead. It's called the prefrontal cortex. That's where conscious mind is. The rest of the mind back here is called subconscious. So we have conscious, subconscious. I say, okay, what's the difference? Well, here, the conscious mind is creative. This is why humans are so above all the animals, because we can have imagination and we can create from imagination. And, and that's how we create the world we live in. And I go, OK, so the uh, conscious mind is creative. If I ask anybody, what do you want from your life? The answer will come from the creative mind. Oh, I want to be healthy, rich, happy, have a great relationship, blah, 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 whatever you want, a wish, a desire, an aspiration. That is what is coming from our conscious mind. And you're in that mind, you're, you're working on wishes and desires. And I go, uh, and what about the other mind? I go, oh, the subconscious mind is actually a hard drive in a computer. The brain is a computer. It is an information processor, more powerful than any human has ever created. And it's a processor. And I so, and it has a hard drive, just like your computer. So I go back and I say, look, if you buy a brand new computer and you boot it up at home and the screen lights up and I say, okay, it's, it's booted up, do something. And you go, not until first I put programs in the computer, can I use it? I go, oh, this is exactly what happens with the human brain. And starting in the last trimester of pregnancy, the human brain's computer screen lights up. It's booted up. But then it has to learn programs before you can use it. So the first seven years of a child's life, the brain is designed to download programs. I go, what do you mean designed? I say, it operates at a vibrational frequency. And you go, vibrational frequency? Yeah, the brain is electric, folks. That's why you can put wires on a person's head. It's called electroencephalograph, meaning it's the electrical activity of the brain. And there are different levels of activity. Consciousness is a higher vibration. Unconscious or subconscious is a lower vibration. Okay. Right, right. So I go, so what's the difference here? And I go, the conscious mind is the creative one, but the subconscious is a hard drive with programs in it. Okay. Now, after age seven, the brain of a child is capable of now creating and uh, typing on the keyboard of that computer and putting information of what it wants into that computer. But and this is the problem. Remember, programs are downloaded first. I said, where the heck do you get the programs? I go, the brain of a child is in a vibration called theta, which is hypnosis. I go, a child is, has to learn how to be a member of a family, how to be a member of a community. I say, are there rules? I say, there are thousands of rules to be functional member of a community and a family. Mm -hmm. I say, well, how's a child learn thousand rules? I go, the brain is in theta for the first seven years, which is hypnosis. And so how does it learn programs? It observes. It watches the mother, the father, the family, and the community. And in a state of hypnosis, downloads behaviors of those that the child is watching. Mm -hmm. So uh, in my example, we'll come to it because especially if influence the honeymoon effect, uh, my mother and father had a very dysfunctional relationship. And in my first seven years of life, I am downloading and observing my father's behavior because the focus is the, generally the male follows what the father's programs are and generally the female follows what the mother's programs are. But in today's world, that's not so simple anymore. But the fact is, I observed my father in my first seven years, downloaded his behavior was dysfunctional. Hmm. I say, so what's the point? Well, that's a program, but I have a creative mind. I can create anything I want. That's conscious mind. So I go, ah, so as long as I'm using my conscious mind, I can be the creative individual and not depend on the program. Now comes the problem. I go, what is it? I said, the conscious mind can do two things. One, be creative. And two, think. What's the difference? I go, when you are using your creative mind and manifesting the world, you're looking out through your eyes, through the windshield, so looking at the world, and you're sort of like driving your vehicle using your conscious wishes and desires, okay? 
but I say, but the conscious mind can think. I says, what's the difference? I say, well, let's ask Greg here. Uh, Greg, today's Thursday. Could you tell me what you're doing on Saturday? Could I tell you what I'm doing on Saturday? Riding my bike. Okay, where'd you get that? <laughs> Is it written on your desk there? Or something? Where no. That information? No. no. Where'd you get it? I just thought it up. Ah, <laughs> thought about it. I go, what does that mean? Rather than looking out, a thought is looking in. You want to think about something, you're not looking out now, you're looking in. Mm -hmm. I go, so what does that mean? I said, well, if you're driving your vehicle with your conscious creative mind, you start thinking, guess what? Now you're not looking out the window. I go, well, you're driving the car and you're not looking out the window, you're thinking. I go, oh my God, you could kill yourself. I said, no, car's still going, everything's going great. I said, what happened? And here is the problem or becomes a problem. The subconscious mind is autopilot. Right. You learned how to drive a car. It is now a program. Do you need to have the conscious mind run the program or can the computer just run the program? I say, the computer can just run the program. You don't have to be there. It knows how to drive the car. Right. So the moment you're thinking, and this is, the, this is it, the moment you are thinking, conscious mind is not looking out the window and it's not controlling your biology, your vehicle, your you're life. You're on autopilot. You're on autopilot, which are the programs. And you're I said, on, you're oh. as, I don't know if you want to say this, but you're on AI, you know, but my, my point is, is that I, I have an example, um, you know, as I was looking at this, we, we speak a lot with personal growth about limiting beliefs. You have a book called the biology of belief yeah. where the belief came from is, as you said, I picked those up along the way, but I also have chosen through hypnotherapy to change that. Look at the subconscious mind and make some changes, right? Yes. Lots yeah. of changes. Yeah. I'm just wondering what technique, what advice would you give these listeners about the opportunity to look deep within and or look at that subconscious mind that has them on autopilot that probably has a bunch of limiting beliefs associated with oh, it. 60 percent <laughs> yeah um and i think this would be quite valuable for the listeners to hear yeah. it's like okay i'm they're saying hey bruce i'm stuck yes. right help me get unstuck okay so here's the first part you think and this is the average number for everybody on the planet 95 percent of the day I go, what does that mean? And it says, well, 95% of the day, their conscious creative mind's not operating outside, it's operating inside. That means 95% of the day you are playing programs, okay? I say, do you even see these programs that you're playing from your automatic subconscious uh, autopilot? I say, no. I say, why not? Because you're not looking at the program, you're inside. So whatever's playing, you don't see it. Are you the one that came up with the statement, Bruce? Sorry for interrupting, but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not certain you were. But there is this statement that says you don't have to believe everything you think. Uh, <laughs> I didn't come up with that, but that's absolutely a very important fact. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But so what happens is we think and then we believe, but that's not the way it should be. No, no, right? because when you're thinking, you're playing your program anyway. And I said, right. is it your program? I said, no, you got it from your parents and your family and your community. I said, did what you downloaded from them and becomes your program. Did they answer what you wanted, what you wish for, what you desire? I go, not necessarily. And I say, well, if they didn't put that in the program, then you're going to have a hard time getting it. Exactly. I say, here's the problem. I say, when did you get programmed? I said, it started when the screen of your brain booted up in the last trimester of pregnancy. You weren't even born yet. And you're downloading programs. Okay. And I go, significance is this. Can you tell me the programs you got before you were born? It's just, I can't tell you. I wasn't there. And I go, well, oh, you were programmed a whole year from zero to one. You want to tell me, what program did you get when you were zero? I, go, oh, I don't know. Okay, you were in program another whole year from one to two. Tell me the program you got when you were one. No, nah, I don't know what that program is. And then two to three is another year. And I go, so what's the point? I say, you cannot tell me your programs because you were downloading programs before you were conscious. And I say, so now we have a problem. Why? Because 95% of your life is coming from the program. And you cannot tell me what that program is. And I'm going to say, but I can let you know what your program is because you can figure it out. And I said, what does that mean? I go, 
95% of your life is coming from subconscious programs. I go, so what? I say, your life is a printout of your programs. Even though you don't know what the program was, you're manifesting it in your life right now. So I say, so what does that mean? I say, look at your life right now and recognize a very simple fact. The things you like that come into your life, they come in because you have programs to acknowledge those things. But, and this is the one, the things that you wish for and desire, but you struggle to have them. You work hard. You put a lot of effort into it. You sweat over it. I'm, I'm, I'm working. I'm, gonna make, I'm making this happen. I go, why are you working so hard? The answer is, whatever that destination you seek, your programs don't support it. And therefore, you're trying to override a program that's running 95% of the day. It doesn't support where you want to go. That's why life is a struggle. So it so so that yeah. being said, let's yeah. let's ask the add-on question to that. If I'm struggling because it's pre-programmed, I don't even remember what was pre-programmed in. Yeah. And I think to a certain degree, the body builds in these, uh, the body and the mind builds this in for us. We have these mental lapses. And I don't know if they're on purpose, but they seem to be. And I think every listener out there can relate. You said a very important thing. If that's the case, how do I recognize what that is and move up the level of consciousness to make myself aware of that is the block? Because most people aren't even aware that's the block. Because most people, and here's the, you know, where's the block coming from? I can tell you very important why you have a block and that is this. When you are thinking and playing the program, you're the only one that cannot see the program because you're not paying attention. Exactly. So whatever is coming out, you have no idea you even were saying or doing that. But everyone around you sees it and knows it because they're responding to you. And the problem is then when things don't work out for an individual and you look at your life and you go, I, I didn't want this. I, I wanted heaven on earth. And look at this mess. I, I'm a victim. I go, no, you see, this is the part that was invisible. You didn't see you were manifesting that because we're creating our life. And I go, but you didn't see it. And this is why the Greg of 13 years ago, I sure has told the same story. You have a friend, you know your friend's behavior very well, and you happen to know your friend's parent. And one day you see your friend has the same behavior as the parent. So you you, you got to tell your friend, you go, hey, Bill, you're just like your dad. Back away from Bill, because I know exactly what Bill's going to say, and you, and you already heard it. And then Bill's going to say, how can you compare me to my dad? I'm nothing like my dad. <laughs> uh, and the audience laughs because they experienced it. I said, that, that is the profound point. Everybody right. else can see Bill's behavior. The only one who can't see it is Bill. Right. And right. I go, now you're ready for this one, because this is the one that hits you in the head. We are all Bill. Every one of Every, us. Everybody is. is. <laughs> Every day. And I say, so when life isn't working out, the tendency is I feel like a victim because I did not see my participation. I just see the responses. And then I blame them. And I'm the victim. Those people interfered with my life. I go, no, your program interfered with your life. And you're the only one that didn't see it. So this becomes an issue. And that's why I said, what are your programs? I said, look at your life. If you're struggling in some place, how do, how do we become a better observer of self? I mean, I know that individuals uh, in this, we're talking about honeymoon effect here. That's kind of yeah. the focus. But these individuals have not been an observer of self. They no. haven't seen their limiting beliefs. And it's preventing them from experiencing what your book is all about. Yeah, the honeymoon effect yes. in their relationships. Because relationships are everything. If okay. everyone around us is seeing it, our wife, our boss, our employees, kids, or whatever, kids, kids. downloading it from you. Right. As well. And they're saying, I picked that up from, like you said, dad yes. or, or mom, if it's uh, someone else listening. What is, what is the PX for this, the prescription? Well, the prescription first is to identify where you're having trouble. Because if you don't know where you're having trouble, then you don't know where the problem is. Well, let's so, say they do know where the trouble is. Ah, so now they say, I'm trying to get to this destination. It's not working. Right. I'm, I'm struggling. Saying, I'm struggling. I'm <laughs> saying the struggle is reflecting the fact that your program doesn't support that destination. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I say, so I say, but I want to get to that destination. And I say, well, then you got to change the program. 
So mm -hmm. before you can change the program, first you have to know what the hell the program is you're changing. So that's why I say, look at your life. Let's say, uh, uh, you're well, let's say they've identified, they've taken on characteristics of their father that they don't like, and yep. everybody else is observing it. Yeah. But they haven't been able to let those characteristics go. You can't let them go. It's right? a hard drive. Okay. So and they're going to stay there. And as long as if you do not change that program, it'll be there your entire life. So, Greg, when did you learn how to walk? That was a, a program. One year old, usually. Yeah. And guess what? You're still walking. And I'm still walking. I'm 80. You could be 100. And I say, where the heck did the program for walking come from? I said, before two. Mm -hmm. I say, oh, so what's the point? The programs last forever until you change them. Now, right. if it's a good program like walking, I don't want to change that. That's right. working really pretty good. Right. Right. But if it's a program of relationships and I'm not succeeding, why? How do I know? Because I have no relationship. That's a good point right there. It's not working. Okay. And I say, so what do I want to do? I want to change that. I say, well, how do you change it? I say, well, first, you have to recognize that the program is not coming from the creative conscious mind. That's the one with wishes and desires. The program is coming from the subconscious hard drive. Okay. Uh, and the significance is how do you change a program? Well, do you advocate, do you advocate people do hypnosis? I go to a hypnotist and it works, seems to work. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's say, how did you first learn programs? And uh, how, you know, I can tell you this first seven years, how'd you learn programs? You were in a state of hypnosis. You just downloaded them. That's right. all you had to do was just that's, be there. That's right. Oh, I got programs, okay? But you don't see them running, Bruce. It's like, look, don't if somebody why. wrote, you don't see the program running. No, that's what I told you. Why don't you see the program <laughs> running? Because your conscious mind is not looking out the window at your behavior. It's inside seeking some thought which means whatever behavior is running from the program, you're the only one who can't see it. Everybody else can see it. They're watching you. They can see what you're doing. You're not watching you. You're inside thinking. So whatever's coming out, you're the only one that doesn't know what it is. And that's why I said, well, there are programs that are good. Well, you know those because they bring good stuff to you. I don't, I don't know if this is relevant to what you're saying, but I'm going to say it because it just it popped into my head as a creative thought. A lot of people are using chat GBT today, right? There, so yeah. there's this big computer in the sky, wherever the hell it is, and we're plugging into BART or we're plugging into chat GBT or we're plugging in whatever. And it's spitting back to us. You say, can you see the program running? I literally see the program running when I ask the question because it literally comes back and it feeds back this information. And in essence, we're trying to learn how that information is being fed back to us right in our own mind right that's the program i'm talking about yeah. and um we haven't been able to do that as human beings yet so well as i said until you recognize that your life is a printout of your program then you have no recognition of what my programs are right. i have no recognition why i need a reflection to see what my program is and that's why i say <clears throat> look at your life that is the reflection of your program uh, and as i said they're not all bad programs <clears throat> excuse me well if awareness is learning a, learning how to walk is a great program thank I'd god i you, got a, a program for that i think you said number one aware of what it is you're doing so if you were to give the listeners today some practical ideas steps exercises things they could tap into to sustain the honeymoon effect. I mean, let's yeah. face it, they're looking for the honeymoon effect. They're looking Absolutely. for this. Absolutely. Um, that doesn't mean they have it. Doesn't mean they're satisfied. It just means that this is a destination. It's like the picture behind you. Uh, the the uh, New Zealand is a place I'd like to go, right? But I haven't manifested getting there. But you're actually going to be able to tell us some things on how to create New Zealand in our life. <laughs> well uh, the, the point is this the first thing you have to do is say what's not working because if you know what's not working then you have a destination if something's working i don't have to bother with it it's going to be automatic anyway you know i don't have to relearn how to walk i got walking down pretty damn yeah, good you're walking all right relationships down i go well no i didn't why because where did i get a program of how to create relationships by watching my father he was dysfunctional so what did i have dysfunctional programming I just copied his. 
okay so that's in the subconscious is that my wish and desire i say no that's a program that i got uh, my wish and desire is to have the honeymoon effect to to enjoy the the joy and happiness of being alive to have the energy that you get when when you are so in love you can do anything and and to have an experience of heaven on earth you know the the movie called the matrix people say it's science fiction and i go no it, the matrix is a documentary i go what do you mean i go what's the premise the premise of the matrix is everybody's program i go that's a true story that's not a document i mean of science fiction we're all programmed right okay and i said but the cool part about that was in the movie there was a part where if you take a red pill you can red get blue. the program okay <laughs> and what i want to suggest is that most people in this audience right now had taken that red pill at one time with profound effects on their lives it didn't necessarily last but it was there when they did and i said what is it one of the big red pills is falling in love i go why what's the difference i said why is my subconscious program running my show and the answer is because my thinking brain is busy thinking 95% of the day. What's the red pill? I stopped thinking. I go, what does that happen? I say, when you fell in love the first time, big time. I go, what happened? I go, your life was blah, 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 blah. You met somebody. And 24 hours later, you're going, oh, man, life's so beautiful. I'm in love. Everything's great. The food, the music. Oh, I love my life. I go, how'd you go from blah, 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 blah? And then 24 hours later, you had heaven on earth. And the answer is profoundly simple and important because science has recognized when you fall in love, you stop thinking. I go, what does that mean? You stay present. You're being mindful. I say, why is that? I said, look, you've been looking for this person your whole life. They're right now in front of you. Is this a time to disconnect and go back into thinking and not be here? And I go, no, you stop thinking. I said, well, what happens if you stop thinking? I said, well, then you stop defaulting to the program. And I said, then what happens? I said, well, now that you're not playing programs, what are you playing? Conscious creativity. What is that? Wishes and desires. I said, what happened? You stop playing the defaulting program and you start manifesting wishes and desires. That's called the honeymoon. The honeymoon is a creation. It wasn't an accident. You created that. You also created all the blah, blah, blah before the honeymoon as well. But the point about it is this, when we stop thinking, then the conscious mind is not defaulting and letting the subconscious take over. When you stop thinking, you are now creating continuously from this. So the best idea is, well, okay, then stop thinking. I go, well, that's easy to say, but in a world where we're so busy with so many things, thoughts have to come up. So I say, now we have a problem. I go, what? Well, if I could just stop thinking, I could then create what I wanted, a honeymoon on earth. That's what it was all about. But I can't stop thinking. So then I said, well, what can you do? I said, well, the only other thing you can do is change the program. I go, well, how do you know what the program is? We just did that. Mm -hmm. Your program is wherever you're struggling. There's a program that's causing that, not the world preventing you from having what you wanted. It's your own program that is sabotaging you. I want to have a great relationship. 40 plus years, no relationship. I got to the point that I never even believed in love anymore. I thought, oh, that's, you know, novelists and movie directors. That's where love is coming from. It's not real. I'm almost 50. I don't know what it is. I don't have it. So it doesn't exist. And then I started to recognize something. And that was, my God, if I keep playing my father's behavior, I'll right. only end up with what he has. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why it didn't work. So I need to change it. Now comes Greg's big question. Bruce, how do you change those damn programs? So I say, well, there are three ways to change programs. I say, two of those are how you got the programs in the first place. I say, so how do I get them in the first place? Well, we mentioned the first seven years, you're in a state of theta, which is hypnosis. And I go, so what? And I said, do you have to see a hypnotherapist? And I said, well, you can, but you could do it at home alone. I go, what do you mean? Um, um, when you fall in love, you created heaven on earth. And I said, created. Yes, that because your conscious mind was now running your life, not your programs. That was what happened. When you stop running the program, that's the equivalent of taking the red pill. You, you're now operating from creative mind. And then what did you do? You manifest a creative vision, a creative vision of what? Well, well you said going back to theta. So you go right? back to theta. 
Right. I said, well, how do you get the theta? I said, do, you, you said we could do it on our own. We can we do, could it, do it on our own. Right. Because uh, the vibrations in the brain uh, when you're at work are very high. And as you start to relax, the vibrations slow down. And there's a point where actually where consciousness disconnects, where you're actually just fall asleep. But the vibration is still going down. And the next vibration after your consciousness just shut off is called theta. And that's a short period. And then it goes into the lowest vibration called delta, which is outright unconscious. Okay. So I say, so what? I say every night when you go to bed, then shortly, right after your consciousness went to sleep, you're in a state of theta, which is hypnosis. So I say, so what? And I say, when you go to bed, you put ear plugs, earbuds, or hearing, you know, uh, earphones. And you play a program of what you want in your life. There's self-help programs. You can get them at all bookstores. And I say, let's say you want health or relationship or a better job. They're programs. I say, so what do you do? I say, as you're going to bed, just before you go to sleep, you put on the earphones or the earbuds and you start playing the program. And I go, while you're awake, you'll actually hear what's going on a bit. But the moment you actually fall asleep, guess what? Consciousness is disconnected. I say, then what? I say, now you're in theta. I say, yeah, but consciousness isn't paying attention. I know theta is subconscious. Theta is hypnosis. So as you're sleeping, whatever is coming through the earphones, it's not going into the conscious mind. It's going into the subconscious. And by repeating this night after night, you will reprogram this while you're sleeping. That's uh, so mm -hmm. what I always love about it. I said, what do you have to do? I said, fall asleep. Because the mm -hmm. moment you fall asleep, theta will take over earphones or we're going to play a program that theta is going to download that's how you do it so self-hypnosis that's what it's called okay well it's a it's a great way for our listeners to basically uh make a shift and do that so put the earphones on as you said uh that's how i do positive it positive affirmations yeah. that you want things in your life record them in your own voice sometimes that works even better it's uh, always a very, let me, a very important part about programming. Okay, ready? The program, when you're putting in a program, has to be present tense positive. Mm -hmm. Meaning what? It's not, I will be healthy. The, the statement is, I am healthy. Because if you program, I will be healthy, I say, let's record that right now. And I say, now let's come back in a year and let's hear what the program is. I will be healthy. I say, it's the whole year. You never got healthy. All you are is I will be healthy. You never can. You can't get there because you never said I am healthy. Right. So a very hard part is when you're reprogramming, it has to be positive in a sense like I already got it. Present tense. I already got it. And it's positive. It's like totally I understand. Say, I don't want cancer. <laughs> I go. Because the focus is cancer, it's not health. If you're sick, it's like I am healthy. That's the program, not right? I so positive present tense. That's really critical. So uh, th this is what these uh, sub you know, subliminal programs, uh, the ones we talked about, putting the earbuds or earphones on. They're called subliminal because you're already asleep. That's when the program is going in, and they're always in positive present tense. You are this you are this you have this right uh, so it, it has to be that way uh, i know that i know that when i've gone to my uh hypnotherapist that everything he says so like if i'm going to go into a surgery right which i've had lots of um of uh skin uh kind of precancerous things and cancerous no. things and he says the site is clean you are healing 100% there is no blood there is and I and I hear I can repeat almost everything that he says because I'm literally laying in a chair subconscious but my point is when I go in for those surgeries for um you know squamous cell basis cell I've actually yep. had a melanoma as well that literally what it is that the nurses will say wow you're not bleeding it's weird how yeah. come you how come you're not bleeding they they've said that to me like five or six times and I said, well, yeah. I go to a hypnotist the day before I go in for these things and he programs my mind and they're like, well, whatever he's doing, it's working because you're not. You're yeah. not I mean, even <laughs> through hypnotherapy, you can go through an operation without anesthetic. 
Exactly. Because pain is a brain function. Right. And you can change the brain's response so it doesn't record that. And you can go in and get surgery without an anesthetic. The power of the brain in creating the reality. If you go in like, this is going to hurt. And I go, geez, don't say that because now you're manifesting what? This is going to hurt. You don't realize that your thoughts turned into reality. Yes. And therefore, and we don't watch our thoughts and 60% or more of those thoughts are disempowering or self-sabotaging or limiting beliefs. You don't recognize, are you saying positive things about your life or you think, oh, this is not going to work or that can't happen and blah, blah. I go, those words are going to determine your life at this moment. Yeah, That's I think important. as people set their intentions when they wake up in the morning, give their gratitude, do their meditation, and then put the focus on their day, really focus on those things that are positive that you're yes. going to get out of life. Uh, yeah. It's important. Now, kind of pulling this interview all together. Um, well, we, we, we don't want to talk about the second and third way then? Yeah, sure. If you've got it. But very quickly, let's it. talk about the second way. I said, okay. You learned programs after you were age seven. You weren't in hypnosis. So I said, how'd you learn a program after age seven? Driving a car, playing an instrument, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. I say, repetition. You practice. That's what makes habits. Practice. So if you want to change your life, then practice a different life. The, the new agey thing, which I always laugh at, is called fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. I go, you're not a happy person. You want to be a happy person? All day long, as many times you can say it. I am happy. I am happy. To yourself, I am happy. I am happy. What's the point? Repetition makes habits. And if you repeat it enough times, there'll be a day you wake up and you don't have to say it because you already woke up with what? New habit. I am happy. You already got it now. So so the first one is to take this these this headsets, put them on earbuds. Do self-hypnosis, listen to positive affirmations yep. in the present. The second one is to create habits. Repetition of what repetition you want. Of what you want. And, what's and the, the third, third way one is a marvelous experience. And I've been through both these other ones before I found the third way. And that's called energy psychology. I go, what the hell is that? I go, these are processes that engage what is called super learning. I go, what's super learning? The ability to download something in minutes and walk away different. A child under seven can do this. A child could see it once and boom, hypnosis, it's in, walks away. It's got the program already. There are processes which can do the same after being a kid. Uh, and these are called super learning experiences. I've used them and I depend on them. Some of them, like the one I use is called Psych k p-s-y-c-h hyphen k.com and i go why is it important i said because i can change my life in 10 or 15 minutes and walk away different and i go my god this is what uh necessity is the mother of invention human behavior has to change very quickly because we're destroying ourselves and the planet at this very moment by living the way we're living so we've got to change our belief systems right thank god now do i have to do the the first two which are time consuming self-hypnosis repetition these are time consuming what if you can go in and in 10 minutes walk away with a new program i go my god that's the miracle of today and i have about 25 to 30 different energy psychology modalities on my website greg brought it up it's simple brucelipton.com look under belief change modalities there's a paragraph and a website for each one of these so you can read about it and get to connect with them and I go, this is almost a fundamental requirement. You want to change your life. You don't have to take days and weeks to do it. You can do it in minutes. Can it's a true? I go, I'm the living example. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, and the beautiful part was I went in and realized that my dysfunctional behavior I downloaded from my father was preventing me from having a honeymoon relationship thing on this planet. I rewrote that. that and I'll tell you the two biggest programs that affect 80 to 90% of everybody out there. Number one is the belief of um, uh, not loving yourself. Right. That uh, 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 I am not lovable. Okay. I am because we're self critical. We criticize ourselves. So we're never good enough. We're not lovable. 80, 90% of the people will not test positive for I love myself. I go, why is that important? If you can't love yourself, you can't be loved by anybody else because right. it wouldn't make sense. So, well, I you're usually going that. around as an angry person if you can't love yourself because that's that's, that's because one of the outcomes of that. 
Exactly, because you're yeah. thinking the world is against you. The other and one it, is, uh, and since thought is creating, right? If you think the world is against you, you will manifest a behavior that the world is against you. And then well, the the biggest one, as you've said, and I'll just repeat for the listeners, is uh, we're a hundred percent responsible for ourselves. In other words, no one outside of us is doing anything to us. And if you're expecting someone else to make you happy. You're on the wrong boat. You better get off That's because gonna it's happen, you. It's going to make you happy. I mean, if your book was called The Hunting Moon Effect to Make You Happy, it would be like, hey, you, you'll get this. And I, I think these are pretty simple concepts to discuss. They're a little bit more challenging, difficult, because as you've said during this whole podcast, there's a program in there that's running, right? Yes. And you have to have this willingness to change the program that's an that's effort it. in other words that, we right. actually have to do something not right. just wait for it to happen <laughs> right if i just wait long enough it'll be better i go no right. it's gonna stay exactly the same until right. you change the program right right and i think you over time you know you said you're almost 80 i'm 69 and i i have noticed as we recognize we have less time we actually want to expedite those changes in our life usually yes. right that's that's one of those things that's why those energy psychology modalities do i have to wait weeks to figure this out or can i do it in 15 minutes i can tell you 15 minutes a hell of a lot easier no, I, <laughs> and it works so fast and it it's a rewritable program you have a hard drive your subconscious and you can rewrite the programs no and it's i love what you said about going to your website and i will give the link to the listeners and look under resources and then find these there's a page and something they can read but in wrapping this up um what are some of the let's just say what is one big takeaway or two that the readers would have from the honeymoon effect and what's a deeper understanding of the concepts kind of that you've presented in a simplistic form uh, for their listeners. Yeah. Let's start off with a very basic fact of life and that's called knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And let's just also say it in a different way. Same thing though. A lack of knowledge is a lack of power. Mm -hmm. The programming that the people have on this planet generally is a lack of knowledge. It's misprogramming. It's a belief that they're victims of the world. And if you operate from that, then you become exactly what that program is, a victim of the world. If you rewrite the program where you are the master of your life and the creator of your genetics and all that stuff, then you become the master controlling your life. Does it work? Well, listen, for 40 plus years, I was the victim of programming uh, and then I started understanding the nature of changing the program and how to do it, change the program. And here's a simple true story. I've been with my partner, Margaret, 28 years. Every day I wake up, I'm still fresh in the honeymoon. Why? Because every day I'm so happy to be alive on this planet with the new programs that I have. And I experience this every day. And guess what? Doesn't mean everything works out for me. But when it doesn't work out, in the old days, I used to get angry, upset, and go, ah, ah. and today it's like, oh, it's not working. I'll do something else. And, right. and all of a sudden, I realized how much easier life is when you're not shooting yourself in the foot with your own program. Well, you said self-compassion, right? So look, if we don't have that self-love, we can't love anybody else. And Bruce, nobody I can, can love you, you either. Right. Because if they say, I love you, and then you say, well, what's wrong with you? I know I'm not lovable. What's wrong with your ability to see that? You know, I know I'm not lovable. <laughs> and, and you will push them away, and then they're gone. And guess what you're going to say? See, they're not here. I told you I wasn't lovable, and you didn't realize you were the one that pushed them away in the first place. Well, I think, I, I think this is an appropriate time to insert a little quote, and it's a quote from the Dalai Lama. And he says, in the end, you're going to be remembered by how many people you loved, who loved you, and how much you let go. And, you know, when you look at those three things, and I'm paraphrasing it, um, that's in essence kind of what you talked about, right? And the letting go part, I know it's cliche, everybody hears this, the letting go part, but the part is, what, am I, what could you do if you let go of one of those old programs and put a new program in, right, and reprogrammed? 
And the epigenetics was a really important factor that you discussed today. You aren't your parents, right? You aren't, you do not have to live that life. And I think this honeymoon effect is something everybody can have all day long, every day of their life, right? Right. By doing some of the simple things that you've advised here today. It's so, so. it it just got to do it. But if you have no knowledge, A, that you're even participating in your own life because you perceive yourself as the victim, well, you already said, I'm a victim. I say, well, what kind of belief is that? That's not going to help you. You you actually have to say, with knowledge, I can change this life. That is a fact of science. That is a fact of quantum physics. That's a, a fact of epigenetics, the new genetics. All of this is, you are controlling this. But if you have no knowledge that you're controlling it, then you just walk around mindlessly being a victim of your own program, not from the outside, but from the inside is where it's coming from. And I want you to take it back. Why? Because that experience you had when you did fall in love, and let me just also say, falling in love doesn't have to be with another person. Falling in love is doing something that gives you so much joy, you stop thinking because you want to be there. Uh, you, you could be an artist. You, you could be a gardener putting your hands in the dirt. And it's like it, the joy of planting, you know, or being a chef and preparing a meal. I go, you're creating, you're creating. I go, guess what? When you're creating, you're not thinking you're being there. And I go, oh, well, then guess what? When you're creating, you're not playing programs. I go, right. Well, and look, you're you're the founder of this biology belief and, and you have the, I'm going to call it the trademark on it. And it'd say, look, all of us didn't realize that, but we can be our own neuroplasticians. Um, and the reality is, is that it isn't a matter of you having to go anywhere or do anything. It's a matter of the things you want to change in your life and how you go. And the advice that you've given today, again, Bruce, I want to thank you because You've given some wonderful advice. Um, For all my listeners, go to brucelipton.com. That's one. Two, when you look Bruce up, we're going to have a link to this book, The Honeymoon Effect for on Amazon. But he has other books as well that I would I would go back and say the biology of belief, most definitely, if you want to get to the root of what Bruce is talking about here. That's another great uh, book to read. Bruce, it's always a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth. Greg, we, we have always, to do this more than every 13 years or something. We will. Like I'm going to invite you back to talk about the want to come back we just, of we just my brain. The top. We didn't get deeper into the meat of what this is all well, about. Well, how about this? Um, because I know my listeners' attention span is only so long, right? I have a pretty good idea. Uh, we'll break this up into little modules. Are you open to doing that? I'm open to whatever you think, because you're the master back there. I'm just a talking head. Well, you're more than a talking head. I'm going to give you credit for being an aware, awake, and alive, and and somebody who has something really important to say. That's why I was wanted to get you back on the show again. And the timing is perfect, because in the evolution of our world, our society, our, our people, what we're all wanting to become not do. Yeah. Bruce Lipton is the guy to listen to. Um, and I, and I need to underline that Bruce, because you've been talking about this for the last 50 years, right? Yes, actually that is half a century. And, and I always appreciate perspective and wisdom coming from someone who's had a lot of experience in the ages. And that's why I think my show has grown. I've hung in, I've been persistent, So people keep listening to the show. So like this, I'm going to invite you back for two more episodes where we can dive a lot deeper into this. And I'll be back in touch with uh, you to do that. How's that? I hope so. And of course, I hope your audience thinks it's worthwhile and they ask you. So that means that there's more incentive for me to come back for you. Well, here's the thing. We do. We make a transcript of this and. In the transcript, my my listeners understand that the highlighted points of what you said can literally be if they only want to take uh, 45 seconds and go back and look at the transcript and it's already highlighted for them. It already says, hey, this is the best place that you want to do. So (laughs) I call it the Cliff Notes version of Bruce Lipton. Um, Don't forget the Cliff Notes version of Bruce Lipton today. So 
I I love you so much. Yes, thank thank you. you for everything. Thanks for being on the show. I'll I have you back again. It, Greg. But let me also, the most important thanks is the audience out there. I want to thank them because they're seeking something. And in today's world with the chaos abounding everywhere around here, it's time for us to take our power back. Seekers, keep keep seeking. You'll find it. And when you find it, you guess what? You don't die and go to heaven. You were spending your time here to create it. So I hope you uh, find it and love it. Thank you, Bruce. I couldn't say it any better. Thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.